Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson, uh, the doctorate is in wrestling. And joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in kayfabe because it's the family business. It's Matthew Kayfabe. I can't wait till you're on a plane and someone's like, is there a doctor here? And you're like, yes, <laughs> but. Yeah, is it wrestling related? Is it a... Is, are you still upset about the way Daniel Bryan was booked uh, in 2000? I can never remember years. You know, it's like some people can just be like, they remember certain runs of wrestlers of like, oh, that was the summer of punk in 2012 or whatever. I can never remember what year is what. If you um, if you revived someone from death by uh, sharing your gripes about WWE booking from the past... <laughs> I would be really impressed with you, just so you know. But would it be that the person on the plane is having a injury because of a gripe that they have with WWE booking, or is it because and and I like fix them by going, yeah. "Hey, it's not too bad." Remember, you know, like Daniel Bryan was world champion for a period of time, blah blah. blah. Or is it like, do I just give prescriptions of negativity? About WWE to people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you should, like, prescribe them a little bit of happiness instead. Maybe you should be like, hey, right. don't worry about it. Like, you know... Kenny wasn't... Omega's on two shows. You should watch that instead. Yeah, and then as they um, come out from their enormous heart attack, they're like, it was really that, that doctor... He had unique methods, but he he saved my life. Gets the job done. <laughs> it gets the job done. God, you you are... don't want to die yet. Daniel Bryan's on his last run in WWE. You are deeply, deeply irresponsible, and your methods are so inappropriate. I just want that to be clear. Yeah, but so so were houses. Okay. <laughs> That's true. You sort of are the Doctor House of Wrestling Doctors. <laughs> I am. I've got a severe addiction to. Prescription medication. <laughs> Love playing jazz piano. <laughs> and I never, used to be in a double act with Stephen Fry. I never watched House, so a lot of that was gibberish to me. But 
I, I get the reference due to the fact that you explicitly stated it before. The great thing for Hugh Laurie in House was that because really no Americans knew anything about him, he could really just be him with an American accent. He literally was like playing jazz piano. Like a lot of the things that he did on Fry and Laurie and stuff, mm. he just did again in America, just with an American accent. Who's the British comedian that you would most like to see uh, have a professional wrestling run? Oh, did you say British comedian? Does it have to be British? Well, I'm willing to accept other people, but I would prefer it to be British, yes. Okay. Um, I think uh, this is the first thing that came to mind, right? So I'm not necessarily saying this is my favourite British comedian or anything, but I think... (laughs) uh, I actually think as a stable, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington could be pretty great. And I think... Uh, I think Ricky Gervais could be a really, really good heel. So my first thought as well was Ricky Gervais because he's such an unpleasant person. Like he's all, like, <laughs> I agree with almost all his views, but every time he expresses them, I'm like, man, why do you have to behave like that? Like it's just so yeah. unnecessary to <laughs> be such a dickhead all the time. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Noel Fielding could be kind of interesting, like a, a Orange Cassidy type, like a cross between Orange Cassidy and, and um, Darby Allen, maybe. Uh, Noel from On the Buses. Noel Fielding. Sorry, Noel from where? On the Buses. <laughs> Are we going that far back? I mean, I, I uh, look, I've made up Noel. I don't know this right. name. Ba- ba- Blakey. Blakey is his Blakey. name. Blakey. Oh. <laughs> All right, you like you should have gone home two minutes ago. Ah, uh, oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, no. Uh, I can't think. I'm, but now I'm now I'm blanking. I'm completely blanking. So we should probably move on. We but I think probably. I, I think the Ricky Gervais podcast as a, as a heel stable. <laughs> I mean, Ricky the Stephen Merchant looks weird. You know. <laughs> I mean, he he really does. This He's is like the number one tall. podcast in the world, and you've decided to uh, begin by attacking one of the host's physical appearances. So we're we're good. We're good. Well, I mean, that's how that podcast became famous: was the three of them teasing each other about true. the way that they looked. <laughs> that's essentially the whole podcast. So, guys, if the act is getting stale, Damo's willing to come on and tease you about how you look. Hundred percent. You're saying that Stephen Merchant is a, a regular looking human being. I if he was in a lineup, how, how difficult do you think it would be to find a lineup of five Stephen Merchants? He looks like beige and pastel to me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that would be uh, that would be my pick. I can't think of maybe the two Ronnies as a tag team. <laughs> oh. Okay. Now, now you're making sense to me. I'm actually quite pleased with my own suggestion there. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's very, very good. Uh, and the finishing move could be, it's good night from him. <laughs> I mean, Dawn, Dawn French obviously would probably be like a very yeah. different and interesting figure. We need to move on from... French British. and Saunders would be awesome as a female tag team. And then they turn on each other. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Because they're mean, like best mates. They've been best mates for 40 years. I mean, you'd never see it coming. Joanna Lumley as a uh, as a as a <laughs> manager, and same with Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr would be better. Jimmy than Jimmy Carr would Hart. be great. Jimmy Carr would be a great GM. 
just oh. <laughs> slapping down every wrestler who came and asked him for a match. And then one day got put through a table. Like, it'd be great. Oh, 100%. 100%. He'd be great. Jimmy Carr would genuinely be fantastic at wrestling. Book it. Make it, make it happen. <laughs> I'm sure Doctor. Jimmy Carr is really cheap. <laughs> um. Yeah, we should probably talk about the the show. We're literally at six minutes. We have not spoken about Nitro at all yet. Um, this uh, this match came from uh, Canton, Ohio, um, which they were saying is the birthplace of gridiron or football for Americans. I don't know anything about the bir- like the the how gridiron started. Um, no. I absolutely do not. I would have said hmm. it's the uh, the birthplace of the extreme wrestling organization uh, owned by Vince Carrington. Oh, well, established, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, it's a it's sort of a well known. It was established in 2015 and folded in 2016. Uh, oh, there is no other information about it online. Okay, yeah. Um. Did like is that where Dean Ambrose came from or something? Why do you how do you know about that? Because on pro wrestling fandom, I clicked Canton, Ohio because oh, okay. I was like, I've never heard of this place. <laughs> uh, anyway, there has been a total of uh nine shows uh from WWF, NWA, or WCW uh there, most of them house shows. They got right. a W, they got this Nitro, and they got a WCW Saturday night. Hello. In a few months. Then no one is ever coming back to Canton, Ohio again. Seriously. <laughs> October 5th, 1996, then it's gone. It's done. It's over. Aww. That's a shame. Um, well, we start off uh, at the commentary desk like we always do. Eric's in his Planet Hollywood jacket again. This is the second time in three weeks. Uh, Mom- Mongo and Bobby are dressed like Biff from Back to the Future 1. Uh, and Pepe's dressed up as Dracula. It's January, right? Halloween's in uh, uh, the end of October. <laughs> yeah, because the point the point of Halloween is is you're right. You're totally right. It's vampires eat once a year. Did you not watch Buffy? I actually did. Yeah, they actually, eat- of course, of course, I watched Buffy. I mean, I'm ha- a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, Halloween is vampires' quiet days. Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why is it their quiet day? Um, because, uh, I believe in, but in Buffy's case, even though something always happened, there was always the Halloween episode, uh, magical things don't like Halloween cause it's a bit like making fun of them and they're like very personally sensitive. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That was, it was the thing. It was like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, there was I, a better, like, I trust I, that there was a slightly better explanation, but I'm pretty sure that was along the lines of it. Hmm. I'm sure Willow explained it better than that, but I'd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you listen to, I mean, we're up to episode seven on um, WrestleWolf Presents Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's only a matter of time once the Billy Joel podcast gets off the off the ground. As, as, as we slowly uh, do a podcast for absolutely everything we've ever enjoyed. Fitzroy uh, <laughs> Football Club will get one. <laughs> From 1991 to 1996. Oh, uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> or maybe actually, it wouldn't be fantastic. 
No, I think it'd be really awful for the two of us to do that yeah. podcast. That, that would be not fun at all. <laughs> Almost like doing this WCW it, it podcast. It would be, be like the AFL have the wrong narrative about Fitzroy, which is true. Yeah, no, but I don't think anyone from the AFL would even lie about that now. No, they, they just sit, they just sit back and be like, "Yeah, and we got away with it, you fucking idiots." <laughs> anyway, uh, don't watch the AFL there either. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we have Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Uh, pretty decent opening match for uh, Nitro. Hulk Hogan with literally every woman almost on the WCW. <laughs> Why has this happened? This happens again later. Deborah McMichael, Hulk Hogan's wife, Linda, Miss Elizabeth, and woman are all accompanying Hulk Hogan to the ring. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea. Like, when did Hulk Hogan no become sense. like a bit of a chick magnet? Yeah, I don't know. In the last couple of weeks, supposedly, as as he as he really you know circled into his forties as an orange bald bleached haired uh, roided up freak. Women really found Hulk Hogan at this point. Yeah, it's weird to think that anyone would be looking at Hulk Hogan and going, hmm. He is, he is a physically disgusting-looking man. Like, he's very unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like definitely. <laughs> definitely so. I, I, mean, can, I, like, I, I can kind of see maybe people being, girls being into macho, maybe, sort of. Uh, probably not but at this at this point. No, let's you know. Tw- tweet us in if you find Hulk Hogan attractive. <laughs> now at, at Wrestle Wolf. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, Rick Flair gets the win in this uh, with a poke in the eye from Miss Elizabeth's high heel, uh, and it looks like. God, I have to say some dumb shit in this podcast. Uh, and then uh, it looks like Hulk Hogan is out, like is uh, seriously injured. Um, but that will come back to into play later on in the episode. Uh, this was a half-decent match. It's not. I'm not getting the Ric Flair-Hulk Hogan matches that I want. Like This feels like it should be kept for a special occasion. It mm. feels like a really good bottle of scotch that you like best mate keeps having swigs out of just like on a Thursday night. Like, can we just save that for a special occasion? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, Oh, it's Monday night. We better have some of that scotch. Mm. Uh, rather than like it is, uh, when you say it's half good, I mean, it is Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. So it is literally half good. Um, (laughs) but it is like, it's, it's enjoyable enough, but like far out, this should be a much bigger match. Uh, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it just kind of, I don't know, it just feels like a everyday match and it shouldn't, mm. you know, like when I was watching it, it was like, oh, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, holy shit. And by the time it's finished, you didn't, I didn't feel like I just witnessed two of the greatest of all time having a match together. It was like, oh, this is a stupid storyline moment about a high heel. Mm. Yeah, that was yeah. They yeah, love why does it? Heel. Why does this it have is... to be against Ric Flair for that to happen? That could have been against anyone. That this is also the high heel 
is a, now a reoccurring nitro deadly weapon. <laughs> like, I sort of see it, but it's a bit lame. Yeah. I mean, if it's being chucked into your eye, then yeah. Um, but still. Uh, next up, we've got Faces of Fear. So Meng's not having to wear that stupid uh, capered mask anymore. Um, and is in a tag team uh, versus the Legion of Doom. Um, have I got that right? I've got that right. Yeah. Legion of Doom, right? They're, well, they're, the, ro- one of those... they're the road warriors in WCW. Yeah, I just completely second-guessed myself then when I was reading my notes. Where I was like, that's what they're called? Yeah, anyway. Um, Eric tells uh, Vince to get a job in a pizza parlor. Give up, buddy. It's done. Get a job in a pizza parlor. Referring to the ratings. Uh, there's uh, two kinds of music that Bobby doesn't like, and they're both what, they're country and western, uh, which is a joke <laughs> that he's stolen from the Blues Brothers. Uh, and Legion of Doom get the win in a really sort of non-plussed way. <laughs> like, the the crowd were really into Legion of Doom. Was there anything that you noticed about this match that was... Um, I didn't particularly... Like, I didn't particularly enjoy this match but um hmm. look it was it was fine like the, the legion of doom uh or the road warriors sorry are um pretty pretty over yeah the crowd are loving every every minute of it hmm. um, sorry i'm just like we'll keep recording. I'll cut this out. But my my volume keeps dropping back to fifty when it should be at seventy five. Yeah. That's why I'm a bit distracted. Um, I don't know why it's doing that. It's really fucking annoying because it and it's just gone back up again. Huh. It's bouncing around all over the place. That's weird. It just did it again. Why is it doing it automatically? Can I stop that from happening? Oh, now it's back up to seventy. Oh, and there's the bandsaw. Anyway, uh, next up we've got uh, an interview with the Taskmaster. I, I th- This is really confusing, this promo. The Taskmaster is out speaking to Mean Gene. He's got Hugh Morris with him. Um, that's Hugh Morris that was out there with him, right? Yes, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and, and, and the Taskmaster is still bitching about Brian Pillman, even though there hasn't really been a huge amount of interaction between the Taskmaster and Pillman in the last couple of weeks. And saying that Arn Anderson needs to keep him in check. Anderson and Pillman come to the ring. Anderson is literally going to give Brian Pillman what he calls tough love and takes his belt off. Um, uh, but then the Taskmaster gets in the way of that. Then Brian Pillman escapes out of the ring. The Taskmaster now has Arn's belt and starts whipping Brian Pillman with Arn's belt. What what's going on here, man? I mean, what, you what just this... you just explained it perfectly. <laughs> uh, it's just perfect logic. Uh, this this makes no sense. And I, can I say, as a kid uh, watching Nitro around this time, um, I hated Hugh Morris. Like he had the worst kind of heat with me personally. Like I was, I was annoyed by him. I hated his gimmick. I hated him in the ring. I hated the way he looked. I just like, if he was on screen, I was distracted to the point of annoyance. 
as a seven-year-old little Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, he doesn't do anything in this promo. No, well, everyone else is too busy behaving completely illogically. Um, but essentially a war has started now between Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen, right? Yes. Who's going to uh, defeat Brian Pillman with uh, Arn Anderson's belt? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a belt on a pole match waiting to happen. <laughs> it's bizarre, and it's even more bizarre considering what happens later in the episode, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we've got a women's match here. I suppose you could call it a match. Uh, Sister Sherry is out in the ring, about to be interviewed by uh, Mean Jean. At Clash of Champions the week before, there was a very, very thin storyline of Medusa, who was having an affair with the Colonel, we think, but that was never really clarified, but we're pretty sure that's what the storyline's meant to be. We think. Uh, uh, and Sherry was engaged to the Colonel, so now they're fighting over the fact of both, because, like, rather than both being angry with the Colonel, mm. they're angry with each other even though it's the colonel who's the arsehole in this situation, uh, and the two of them didn't know about each other. Although, but Medusa would know about Sherry, right? Because... She watches the show. She watches Nitro. I, so um, Medusa is the bad guy here. A, f- a few weeks before, like, I just... The mishandling of Medusa is unacceptable. Like, look, no one was booking... This was... This is you know, 20 years before the women's revolution and all that kind of stuff in wrestling. But Sherry yeah. Martel is one of the all-time great talents uh, in, in wrestling, one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. And at this point, Medusa, as far as American female wrestlers, is the best. And, uh, you know, she came, she threw the WWF women's title in a bin. It's a huge deal. Mm. Um you know, it's an iconic moment. And uh, now she's never going to have an iconic moment again. No. Uh, the other thing that happens here is that Sherry gets the win, which even more makes me think, well, she's the face, right? I know you're going to go, oh, look, Doctor, it's not as simple as that kayfabe isn't always black and white. <laughs> but I feel like in WCW uh, in 1995, it is. And this makes no sense to me whatsoever. And if I'm meant to be, if I'm meant to be rooting, as our American cousins would say, in a completely different way than we would here in mm. Australia for Medusa, uh, or I'm not. A uh, harsh critique by a, by a, by an angry fan. <laughs> I'm not though. I'm on Sherry's side. She didn't know anything about the affair. She was happy to get married. Her wedding got ruined. And then she was in the ring this week and got attacked from behind. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm also on Sherry's side. (laughs) How could you not be? Anyway, it's a bizarre storyline that makes no sense. Uh, And then after Sherry gets the win, Medusa literally, like, beats the crap out of Sherry, slamming her head into the mat over and over again to a point where I was like, okay, that's probably enough. Yep. There is there is certain things about nineties wrestling that are very very uncomfortable, and the uh, absolute disregard for people's heads is, uh, <laughs> you know, probably chief amongst them. <laughs> yeah, man, a hundred percent. 
Can I just quickly well, say, when I said that Medusa would never have another highlight again, I'm technically wrong because after WCW folded, she became mm. like a monster truck driver. Like, yeah, she did. That's sick. Yeah. I'm that sorry. Is really I, sick. Wanna, I just want to like apologize to Medusa. No, she's she's kick ass. She's mm. a kick ass lady. Um, next up, we've got the Giant versus Macho Man for the belt. Uh, this match is over. Within three seconds. Uh, the Macho Man... <laughs> the so the official the... time for this match is 28 seconds. It was less than that. It, yeah, it certainly was. <laughs> this was almost <laughs> like what it t- took to count the pin. Uh, so all the all the lovely ladies, lovely ladies, are coming out again with Macho Man, including his ex-wife, Elizabeth. And Hulk um, Hogan's current wife. What? Linda Belaya is the blonde yeah. woman that come not not oh. Deborah McMichael. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Linda. It's Hulk Hogan's wife. Oh, I didn't notice her. It's there. it's Mongo McMichael's wife. Rick right. Flair and uh, sorry, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage are walking out with Mongo McMichael the commentator's wife, Hulk Hogan's mm. wife, Randy Savage's right. ex-wife and Lex Luger's current girlfriend, and Kevin Sullivan's wife. It's exceptionally <laughs> strange. And I know yeah. I'm not the someone that's going to step away from kayfabe very often. But if you do apply any kind of non-kayfabe uh, lens onto this, something fucking weird's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's not like over history, it was always, um, you know, wives tended to get involved quite a bit in that sort of Yeah, but not way, other so people's unrelated with... wives. Well, like, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it was a way to. I don't know. I like woman don't... is about. Maybe it was to be a way involved. to cut costs. <laughs> woman is about to be involved in a, probably what is going to be the most uncomfortable storyline we'll ever have to talk about. But also was mm-hmm. like on screen with Kevin Sullivan for years and years and years as fallen angel. Um, there are not to be too serious, but I mean there is there was a lot of talk about people just mooching off Ted's. Oh, that's yeah. and, and I think that's probably what's. This happened. is definitely some yeah. weird, weird paydays. But like, yeah, Linda being like, it's just, it's so weird. It's so exceptionally weird. Anyway, yeah, no, it is. It's it's, it's really strange. Um, so the giant wins this via DQ in three seconds, and then I was like, well, this is the end of the episode, and then was like, no, there's still another six minutes to go. Uh, so. Rick Flair is out there, even though the Dungeon of Doom and Four Horsemen have just declared war on each other. I don't know whether Rick was, I don't know where Rick was, but he obviously wasn't paying attention because he's on side with the Giant and Jimmy Hart. Um, the Giant and Rick beat down on Macho Man. What feels what feels like to me like a really long time. Uh, finally, I thought Sting was going to come out because they the way they were talking about Hulk was that he was just gone. Mm. Um. And he does go away for a bit at some point this year, and I thought it might have been this early, but it's but it's not. Um, he comes out with the most ridiculous eye patch I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's there's so much like it's. He may have actually had a problem with his eye, but this is so performative. It's so the people in the in the bleachers can see that. I love it so uh, much. It, not the bleachers in the rafters can see that he's got a problem with his eye. And then we were talking about head trauma. He hits every single person on the WCW roster on the head with a with a chair <laughs> shot. 
Also, Ric Flair's gold gym's t- gold's gym T-shirt. Like it is now at the point where he is so obviously getting a free like subscription to gold, per- whatever a subscription to the gym is. I don't know. <laughs> obviously, I don't know. I'm like, is it like membership. Netflix membership? A membership, yeah. whatever. I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that'd have me. <laughs> uh, how very droll. Whereas, uh, clearly, Ric Flair uh, is working out um, and is doing it for free uh, because, well, it's like it's like Eric Bischoff. My guess is not paying for meals at Planet Hollywood at this point. <laughs> like, was these... Eric Bischoff one of the Planet Hollywood people? Was he? No. Oh, he. So he's just, just a fan of Planet Hollywood. I would, uh, yes. If Hulk, if if Eric Bischoff is just a fan of uh, Planet Hollywood, and Ric Flair is just a fan of Gold's Gym, and Hulk Hogan is just a fan of Orange County Motorcycles tw- <laughs> Two Twenty One Rodeo Drive, um, we haven't heard from them in a while. Like this show is, it's not just people getting paid, ridiculous, like you know, getting paid to appear or whatever. They are also like, hey, I have a TV show. Do you want me to wear your shit on TV? You'll, I'll give you some free advertising on TNT in, a, in prime time. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, well, then the only other thing that happens in this episode is that Ric Flair <laughs> runs off to the commentary desk uh, and, and tries to cut a promo pretty unsuccessful. I didn't mind this. It was kind of like, oh, chaos is reigning supreme here. The bad guys are in charge. Uh, they run the commentary boys uh, out of town. Rick tries to. He's, Rick goes, "I'm the host of the show now." Uh, and then immediately, <laughs> then immediately takes his headphones off, uh, and then realizes that no one can hear. And then goes to start cutting a promo. Then realizes that no one can hear him. He puts his headphones back on. Uh, it's beautiful. And then Bobby the Brain covers for everyone because he's the ultimate professional. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was, I mean, it was very WCW, like fucking this, this ending was only talked through 20 minutes before the episode and, uh, people are making shit up on the spot. Um, but in a, I I always like love these segments, you know, in the sense of like, I wish there was a little bit more of this in pro wrestling in 2020. I agree. Like, uh, and I, I thought we could do something just for, we don't need to, at a certain point, you know, when it gets to, uh, you know, November 1998, we don't need to, God, we have so long. Um, We don't have to do this anymore. But at this point, the ratings are flip-flopping a little bit between. Okay. And we're not talking about like, you know, when things are at their peak, we're talking about like, you know, they're getting just massive, uh, like, you know, 4.7s you know all that kind of stuff like crazy ratings at th- at this point they're not and i thought it might be interesting just to just to check in on uh where we're at so last week uh w uh, wwf1 the ratings oh uh, wow yeah this week uh it's nitro uh, uh wwf got a 2.4 and nitro got a 2.8 so nitro nitro one there right. um but it's it's really it is flipping back and forth, um, and they're quite close. Hmm. And uh, I just think it's really interesting. I think it's like that. Is, you know, do we know what's on the other channel? Uh, well, what was on the other channel today? Today in uh, January twenty ninth, uh, uh, nineteen ninety six, 
Uh, so we had we had for Nitro just as a wrap up we had Ric Flair uh, and Hulk Hogan for thirteen minutes we had the Road Warriors we had uh, a WCW Championship match with a giant human being versus Randy Savage. Um, over on the other channel, it's not actually a terrible show, but it is one I wouldn't want to watch. But I'll get right. we'll see what what you think. Um, first of all, just as a side note. They have the teaser vignette of mankind in which he's not wearing a mask and the only thing you see is is his sort of fucked up ear. Um, um and then we've got Diesel defeated Davy Boy Smith. Uh, Henry Godwin and Phineas Godwin Godwin defeated <laughs> Skip and Zip. <laughs> and our third and final match, Shawn Michaels defeated Yokozuna. Uh yeah. Um, I'd still watch WCW over that, but that's not. It's it's at it's, least they're utilizing some of the talent that they've got in Diesel and yeah, uh, Davy Boy Smith and and uh, who was that last guy that you mentioned? Ah, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. No, Yokozuna, I think was uh, the one that. Well, I mean, this is me. this is 1996 Yokozuna. <laughs> this is this is uh, no one's. I, I haven't watched the match, um, but. Spoiler, it's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, but I mean, if you've got Shawn Michaels, like I just, surely you would just, if you've got Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, surely you would just rotate them each week. Well, that's like certainly. The headliner is Shawn one week and Bret is the headliner the next week. And, you know, if you're trying to give people time off or whatever, like, yeah, they yeah, were pre recording yeah. all of that stuff anyway, weren't they? Yeah. So, you know, every, I think every second episode was live. Um, Weird. It is Why every second episode? I, I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> so I think they recorded two at a time. Right. Well, no, I'd still be watching Nitro. This was like this was an okay Nitro. It felt like it was kind of, I don't know, because is Clash of Champions a pay per view? No, it's a, it's uh, live on TNT. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like storyline is concerned, I mean, like usually after a pay per view, the you know Nitro or Raw or whatever, like straight after it sets up a whole bunch of new storylines, and I don't know no. if any no, new no, storylines no. were set up here. I uh, I don't think it's I don't think it really counts. Like I think pretty clearly it's sort of a weird um, leftover thing from like it's the thirty second Clash of Champions. <laughs> Like, this has yeah. been going on for some time and, you know, is not really all that important. Um, I will say, though, I I have watched ahead uh, in Nitro episodes and right. the next ep- episode of Nitro, like, this this episode, you know, if you tuned in and you enjoyed the six minutes of whatever, uh, you know, until we eventually talked about wrestling for about 3.5 minutes, um, next episode we're going to be talking about wrestling it's pretty pretty good just, just yeah a like you can kind that. of when you have to get to the episodes that we're doing at the moment you actually have to go backwards you have to start at december and go backwards to january so you can you get little <laughs> teasers of what's happening throughout the year which i kind mm. of already knew anyway but uh from about may onwards i'm like oh baby oh. i want to talk about those episodes so much <laughs> i can't wait to see uh marcus alexander bagwell become buff yeah, I want to see Buff. Uh, uh, you know, Buff's the stuff, man. Like, Buff is the stuff. Uh, the real Sting, the super cool emo 
uh crow sting that i love and you hate um it's it's i think i think uh i will have difficulty pretending to hate crow sting you can't he's my too cool he's my childhood favorite wrestler um yeah i can't wait i'm gonna dress he was my favorite in yeah he was my favorite in wcw by by a pretty long way although i did really like wolfpack (laughs) i really (laughs) liked wolfpack a lot so embarrassing but i did and raven's flock i can't wait to get um to get into those that the, we got a, we got a couple of years to wait for those those yeah, guys but i think I, i'm going to i think i'm going to rescind my opinions on both of those factions but uh, we'll see well <laughs> i get, time, i get, i love them i suspect that wolfpack is appropriating some stuff that is not going to fly in 2020 but anyway we'll get there yeah. well, it might be yeah. 2020 <laughs> it's it'll be uh like 2023 2022 so. yeah uh, so it'll be even worse. It'll be even worse to. <laughs> I'll be recording. We'll be even. We'll be even more woke by then. Wrestle, know? wrestle, wolf from the rafters. I'll be, I'll be up there. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we both do record in full sting makeup. I don't know if yeah, we've mentioned that before. But um, well, by the time we get to the wolf pack, Sting's contract with AEW will be up. Like that's how long we've got to go. That's actually true. And we'll have our own promotion by then. Our first signing will be Sting. Yeah, it'll be Matt's K- Matt Kayfabe's professional wrestling promotion, and uh, Davo uh, can work for it and also fund uh, it. Okay. <laughs> All right. MKPW. Look, it's a starting point. Let's um. Great. Sounds like an no bad to me. no bad ideas. Let's let's we'll park those. We'll there are bad ideas, uh, you know, Germany, 1940s, bad ideas, uh, you know, Trump, some of that stuff going on, bad ideas. Never say there aren't bad, that there's no bad ideas because they what are. What about uh, Wrestle Wolf Wrestling Federation? So it's the WWWF. No, it's, I'm really, really going to need my name to be directly in the title. <laughs> um, and I think the what fans about- want that too. What about uh, Dr. Damien Gibson and Matthew Kayfabe present the WWWF Variety Half Hour? <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not being billed second. Um, anyway, we can discuss this in a uh, in a courtroom because uh, I'm suing you. <laughs> oh, what? On oh, that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you're uh, enjoying this podcast, uh, rate and review us so I can try and get some sponsors and pay for my defense against uh, <laughs> Matthew Gayfabe's millions of family dollars that will <laughs> inevitably be coming at me in this lawsuit uh, to have him top build, which I could just solve by have him top build. I will, I I will break <laughs> myself to break you. I just want that to be very clear. That's fair enough. That is completely fair enough. Let's completely tear down everything that we've built up over the last you know, 10 months or so. Agreed. <laughs> On billing. <laughs> I think that makes complete sense. Um, <laughs> anyway, if you're enjoying uh, Matthew Kayfabe's Wrestle Wolf, uh, <laughs> make sure you tell your friends <laughs> and uh, rate and review it. Um, uh, you can follow us on the socials. Just Google us, my friends. You can... Uh, find some of our episodes from uh, some of our better episodes. I've decided to put some of our better episodes up on YouTube and not all of them, um, like the NWA ones I haven't put up on YouTube and stuff because 
I want people to listen to the podcast channel. You know what I mean? Like, um, anyway, we'll most of the stuff's on there. You can listen to us or watch us on YouTube. Well, you're not really watching us. You listen to it. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, uh, uh, you can write to us at Gmail. Uh, we're WrestleWolfPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, uh, which people have actually been doing recently, which is nice. Cool. Uh, and that's uh, the address for that is WrestleWolf.com. Um, if I can just quickly plug, um, if you go onto Spotify, you go to Billy Joel Artist Pick. Um, you've got 47 songs, starts at Vienna and uh, ends at Famous Last Words. Just chuck it on sh- uh, shuffle. Have a good mm-hmm. one. Um, see you later, brother friends. I'd like to congratulate Icehouse for coming in number 14 in my top 50 songs of the year. Uh, still got it, Ivor. <laughs> <laughs> he just freezes every time. Anyway. It's, check I out. never forget, baby. Man of Colours. Still check, rocking it fucking 35 years later. <laughs> check out Electric Blue if you haven't heard it already. Mm-hmm. Or My Obsession. That's the song that I send to every girl I match with on Tinder. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on that note, Pepe's dead, brother friends. We'll see you next week. <laughs>